Do you think it's good for kids to go to bars that are based upon same-sex attraction? That's the purpose of the bar, is dating for same-sex attraction purposes. Uh, and then be around adults who are getting drunk. Uh, and then to watch men who are dressed as prostitutes and strippers, female prostitutes and strippers, perform sexualized dances. And for those kids to be taught to hand them dollar bills when they are particularly sex oriented. Well, and then for the adults, the men who are dressed as women to bring the little kids out to show them how good it feels to be applauded because of your sexual organs. I don't either. The Todd Herman show is 100% disapproved by big pharma technocrats and tyrants everywhere. Now from the high mountains of free America, Here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Another weekend, another message from someone who's hooked up with our partners at American Financing. This time it's a cash out refinance. We got a kid who surprised them and got into college. <laughs> it was their third child. They didn't expect him to get into college. He pulled it off and they're going to pull some money out of the house. Americanfinancing.net. There's this um, belief that has arisen and maybe it's just in American society, although I doubt it. I think it probably started this way in Canada. Canada, which is almost now completely uh, antithetical to the Lord. There's a belief that that the Old Testament doesn't matter. That the fire and brimstone God no longer exists. Except he's the same God. And that Lord Jesus is the meek and mild Lord Jesus. The soft soap, perhaps, Lord Jesus. This is a, a term that C.S. Lewis used to describe the Lord Jesus. Not, not he didn't have this opinion, but that people like the soft soap. Lord Jesus, the, the Jesus who makes sure that the cookies come out right um, on Sunday school, that Jesus. They're the same God. And they have the same attitude because they're the same entity. And the Lord Jesus spoke quite often from the Old Testament. And he's coming back. And there's not going to be any soft soap. There's going to be judgment. Hell is real. The devil is a real entity. He seeks to destroy you and everyone you love. He's a liar and a murderer. He hates the human body. His favorite tool on earth is sex. Always has been. Greed. The id ego stuff. So we absolutely have a decision to make. And we've been saying this since I started to, to sneak. Oh, I didn't sneak. I didn't have to. Since we started to put the word of God forefront in the podcast and we, we began to speak it on the radio show. The hell is a real place. People will go there. It's my interpretation of the scriptures and I think many people's. And I think that it's, it's wrong to consider it otherwise, that you are an eternal being. You, you're going to continue to exist. 
There is no turn it off, I'm over. There is no disappearance. That there are two places to go. And watching what happens in what, no, this didn't happen. That's a passive phrase. Watching what the sexual left decided to do in Dallas, Texas, with a bunch of naive um, brains so open or their, their heads are so open, their minds are so open that their brains have leaked out. To quote the cliche, parents who want their kids to watch men dressed as prostitute strippers, males dressed as female prostitute strippers, dressed in what men who are addicted to porn want women to be like or expect women to be like. That is overtly sexual, fishnet stockings, big boobs hanging out, fake, of course. And all about the sex, all about the, let's get into it. Parents took their kids to this event. Outside of Dallas, Texas, there's a, there's a neon sign in that bar that says, it's not going to lick itself. Gosh, I wonder what that could mean. Probably they sell ice cream cones. The Lord Jesus didn't go mock people like this. He saved them. He saved them with love. He saved them with prayer. He is counting on us to save them with love and with prayer. I understand entirely the reason that parents and, and, and other people, in fact, a bunch of young men, went to this event to call it out for the disgusting sickness that it is. I, I, I understand it. Politically speaking, I can support it. Only because it brings light to what these people are doing. It may have the same effect at the ballot box that the school, going to the school boards did. And you know that that was something we pushed beginning in the radio show, beginning three or four years ago, that people do this when they started to pass the pornographic grooming bill into law in Washington state to groom kids into being early practitioners of sex making sure that seventh graders understand that there's some options in oral sex, like using non-microwavable saran wrap as a dental dam, or making sure they're experts on the swirl versus up and down methodology. For kids, they need to know that stuff. That's, that's important that teachers communicate that to children. Or how to use vegetables if your parents won't buy you a sex toy or a, a battery-operated toothbrush. Those are all lessons of which they avail the kids. So this may have a similar political effect that men and men and women, but mostly men want to go confront this stuff and confront these people. And the, the political battle is not going to fix this. It's symptomatic. And thank God to thank the Lord almighty that we were able to shift the tides in, in Virginia ever so temporarily. But at root of this is a massive, massive sin problem. And at root of this is also this great con that the devil has pulled off to have people believe they're Christian when they're not Christian. 
Oh yeah, no, I pray and I go to church, you know, once a month and man, I've got some verses I know. And look, that was me. I'm not here to tell you anything. I'm here to share. I was there. So you can have people attend this stuff. Oh yeah, I know there's God, but God's okay with this. Why? Well, because these people are just being who they are. That's, this is, look, this is just, God made people this way. Uh, God made people with the mind of perfection, the design for perfection and being fallen. We can't have that. And so we continue to break ourselves and we have an enemy and that enemy stalks us. And the Lord Jesus was not blind to the Old Testament. Far from it. He wrote it. Well, he inspired, he inspired men to write it as part of the Godhead. And the Lord Jesus spoke, he spoke continually from the Old Testament. When he was tempted in the wilderness, he responded to each temptation by quoting the Old Testament or what Jewish people would call the Torah. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Quoting directly from Deuteronomy 8, 3, which is also in Matthew 4, 4. When Satan told him to jump from the top of the temple, he quoted Deuteronomy 6.16. Again, it is written, you should not put the Lord your God to the test. The Sermon on the Mount references the Old Testament or the Tanakh. Yahshua upheld the command of Exodus 20.13 when he said, You have heard it was said uh, to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. And of course, the Lord Jesus continued to add to the teachings. So for anyone who thinks that, oh, well, no, the drag queen stuff, that's fine. Men who are dressed as women and twerking for kids and, and playing the role of strippers for kids and grooming the kids to come on stage. The Lord Jesus, he is the soft soap, Lord Jesus. No, no, he's about acceptance. Oh, no, 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 he's not. He's not about accepting behaviors that run contrary to his design because he is part of the Godhead. You will go to hell if you put kids into this and you don't repent. You are going to go to hell. And, and the Lord Jesus describes a very special form of this when he talks about better for a millstone to be put around your neck and to be thrown into the ocean than what awaits you if you put yourselves or, or cause little ones to stumble, little ones who want to come to him. Teaching kids to worship their penises and vaginas is exactly that. Creating icons of sex is exactly that. I wish. I wish it wasn't this way. I wish that, that I could just say to, to people who are same-sex attracted, you're good. You know, the, the biological harms you can do yourself... The, the, we're not supposed to talk about monkeypox spreading through the gay population or the same-sex attracted population. We're not supposed to talk about the fact that, no, HIV was, was really almost always spread in that population because of the sort of sex acts they undertake. Really, I wish it was not that way. Uh, it makes me deeply, deeply uncomfortable to delve into someone's personal life that way, particularly when it's so important to them. And I've talked to brothers who've fallen in their marriages. And I wish I could say to my brothers, you're good. I've talked to brothers who have, their marriages have not been what they needed to be. And sometimes for 20 years. 
I have a particular brother in mind as I'm talking about this, who, whose marriage for all intents and purposes from the outside, everybody thought it was perfect. But for him, there was no intimacy. And he didn't just stumble. He, he jumped headfirst into the, the sin of adultery. And he, he has told me personally, he'll regret it for the rest of his life. My father made the same mistake. I shouldn't say it was a mistake because it's not. You don't slip and fall. You decide to have sex with someone not, who you're not married to. That's not an accident. It doesn't just happen. It's not like you're sitting there one day and next thing you know, you're having sex in a bed or, or you know, that's not how it happens. It's a series of decisions. And I wish I could have said to my brother, hey, listen, it's okay. This is who you are. You, you, you need to have sex with people other than your wife. But he's living the results of this now. He's, he has the accountability. Well, one of his kids won't talk to him. Doesn't want to be around him. And he's a great father. And he's a great man. He's a hero to me. He, he made a terrible decision. And I wish I could tell him, brother, you're fine. This is who God made you to be. God made you to be a man who cheats on his wife. God didn't make you that way. Your sin problem can cause you to do that. Now, God is anxious to forgive. And if you repent, meaning you have deep sorrow and you seek to never again commit this sin, and you recognize and you confess to the Lord and you confess that you need this help because you are, you, you are too weak. And, and look, there's not a weakness in being 20 years away from intimacy. That's really, really challenging. Or being strong too long, maybe. And not saying, hey, if this doesn't change, I don't know what I'm going to do. Same thing with, with people I know who are same-sex attracted. As I've mentioned countless times, loved ones, I wish I could say to them, yes, yes, I celebrate this. I can't. Any more than I could celebrate my brother's falls in their marriage. See, I wish it was that way because, because man, it would be a lot easier. But the Lord Jesus, when he was taken to the desert, the, the Holy Spirit called him to the desert to be tempted by Satan. He suffered. He suffered under the cross. And then on the cross, when they beat him and spat upon him and humiliated him, tried to humiliate him, he suffered. It, it, it never said it's going to be easy. The, the Lord never promised us easyville. So I wish I could say to these men who are doing this to children, oh, you're fine. You're not. You're going to hell. It's not my judgment to make. I'm simply, I am simply relying upon the word of God, which is true. And, and I wish I could have it otherwise. I would like to believe that, that given our own means or our own, yeah, our own means, that we'd still view sexualizing kids is wrong, but why? Well, they aren't ready for it, but it feels good. It's fun. Physically pleasing. So why? Well, the, the, the little minds aren't ready for it. Oh, they'll get ready. They'll adjust. They'll, adjust. they'll adapt. Starwinian evolution. Pretty soon they'll be teaching us sex. It doesn't feel right because it's not right. Because even if people have not heard the Holy Spirit, 
heard the word, I should say, and, and do not have the Holy Spirit, we are programmed to understand this is wrong. That's why we, re- we recoil at it. That's why the sexual left is pushing so hard to put it in our faces. This is why. You know, the first time you do a thing, a, a challenging thing, like the first time I had to go out and wrestle in a wrestling match in front of people, it was freaky. Because I had this stupid singlet on and people were watching me and it was my first wrestling match and I wasn't certain I was going to win. I didn't have, I didn't have a winner's attitude. It was, uh, and it was in front of, I mean, a, a small audience. It was a practice match. And after a while, that stuff goes away. You, you become desensitized. The first time you get a bad bloody nose wrestling, it's you, you it's, oh, wow, I'm really bleeding. And the, about the 15th time that happens in a, you know, six year wrestling career, it's, you know, whatever. First time you break a finger playing football. Oh my gosh, my finger's broken. About the fifth time. It's like, okay, can someone pull my finger out for me? I got to finish the game. Well, likewise, Likewise, that's grooming. That's how it works. The first time Uncle Pervert gets his Playboys out and shows them to you, you might be like, wow, this is like a car wreck, a train wreck. But then again, Uncle Pervert's been telling you sexual jokes for, for five years. Uncle Pervert's made comments in your body for the last three years. Now Uncle Pervert wants you to see a magazine. Because there's funny cartoons. Oh, sorry, there's a naked girl in there. Wow. Oh, look at her. That's, that's how it's done. And Uncle Pervert says, hey, I'll, I'll leave this with you. You can read it on your own. Don't tell your mom. She won't understand. And if you like this one, I'll give you some more. And then, then it's not Playboy, then it's Penthouse. Then it's not Penthouse, then it's Hustler. And then it's a movie. Back in the days. Oh, when your mom's gone, uh, I'll show you some special movies. Did you know you can do that? That's the way it works. Anymore, you know how it works online. That makes me sick to talk through. The reason the sexual left is pushing this and rubbing kids' faces in it is the same thing. It's no longer scary that an adult man wants to touch you or thinks that you're a sexual being. My goodness, you've been up and down runways. You watch the men dressed as women. People hand them money for shaking their butts. Oh, and when they roll on the floor and writhe around and spread their legs, they get even more money and even more applause. This is why they're doing this. I once had an occasion to talk to a young woman who got out of the sex business. I interviewed her. I asked her, how did it start? Just like we just talked about. Then one day a guy said, hey, you want to make a lot of money? You, you want to make $2,000 in a weekend? All you have to do, you don't even have to touch anybody. In fact, I'll make sure you don't touch anybody. All you have to do is dance. In fact, you don't even have to take all your clothes off if you don't want to. You can stay in your bikini the whole time. Guys will love it. 
Well, she did that a few times. But she noticed other girls are getting a lot more money. And once she crossed that barrier, the first time a guy came along and said, hey, you know what? How about a 10 minute movie? I'll pay you for 10 minutes. I'll pay you what you earn in a weekend. I'll pay you $3,000 for 10 minutes of your time. That's why they're doing this. It's another week of success for my wife on the soda weight loss plan. And it's all about dropping unwanted fat. And there is a glorification of the body. Then there's also respect for the temple. So my, my wife doesn't have any intent of having dropped this unwanted fat from her body, going out and becoming some kind of revealing dresser or something like that. It's not, that's not her intent. She likes to dance with her husband. And if it's the right music and, and right music as defined by earth, wind and fire, for some reason, I love to dance earth, wind and fire. Cause I, I only in that case, can I be a good dancer? So my wife looks forward to having that back in her life because with the extra fat on her body, she feels uncomfortable dancing. She also looks forward to not being hurt. Like listen, guys, you know, this as we age, the more body weight we have on us, the more you get these sort of mystery pains. Tell me you've not try to tell me you haven't had these. You're in your mid fifties and you wake up like, gosh, my back is killed. What did I do? Well, when you're carrying, like I did once 150 extra pounds of fat, well, it doesn't take that much because you throw that weight around. That's the momentum of a body hanging off of your body, another body. Now that can seem insurmountable. And if you do it on your own, well, it might still be because I'm here to tell you, if you've known about this challenge you have on the temple, the body of the temple, and you've known about it for a couple of years and you've not been able to approach it, it's okay to say, it's okay to be strong enough to say, you know what? I do need help. I'm going to get in touch with the people who have a healthcare background. They've got 6,700 Google reviews, 4.8 average stars. They went from lone location to seven. They have people coming from around the country to do this virtually with them now. And Todd Herman's wife is on it. So is a whole bunch of listeners to the Todd Herman show. It's Soda Weight Loss. It stands for state of the art. And they are S-O-T-A weightloss.com. Be strong enough to ask for help in respecting the temple. Soda weightloss.com. S-O-T-A weightloss.com. So these were the sounds of this event and I, I will say again that the Lord God is watching this. And it is difficult for me to watch this happen and to not hate the people who are doing this to the kids. Really difficult. This first video is, by the way, all these are linked in the show notes. And I encourage you to support the independent journalists who, who did this. So share this around uh, so that they get, you know, what they need, which is traffic to their sites, et cetera. And this first video reminds me of this young woman that I interviewed in radio way back in the name. Her real name was Kelly. Her stage name was Kelly Starr. And she'd become someone who was in sex films and she was a stripper. And her trajectory was that she went to a party where there were strippers. And she thought, oh my gosh, they're really beautiful. Look how beautiful they are. She met a guy who ran the strippers and he told her, oh my gosh, you are the most amazing looking girl. Look how beautiful you are. You're perfect. 
you are so perfect. Look how perfect you are. He kept using this word perfect with her. Again, complete contravention to, to God. None of us are perfect. There's one, Lord Jesus is perfect. Then he brought her some clothes from out of his truck. And just say, look, you know what? I just want to see where these, these are yours. Just, and they were these expensive clothes. And so Kelly, you can't give these. No, 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 no. I get these all the time. I'm in the business. People want my girls to wear this stuff because they want to promote it. No, no, no. This is yours. I want you to try these on. So she got to play dress up in this stuff. Super expensive clothes that she could never afford. And of course he said, oh my gosh, look at you. No, 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 strut for us. And it felt good. Listen, let me give him my business card. I want you to come by. You could earn so much money. And, and listen, you don't even need to take your clothes off. Just wear a bikini. You know, you can't wear a swimsuit. It's got to be a bikini, but you don't even need to take the bikini off. Just, just in, in some high heels. Just do that. You don't need to get naked. You can just be the girl that doesn't get naked. In fact, you can just say you're a virgin. My guys will love it. That's how she went to the club. That was her intent. Now, I'm not saying that each of these men who dresses as women wants to have sex with children, but I'm telling you there are men in that bar who want to have sex with children. And I am telling you, as I've been saying for the last almost decade, they intend to normalize pedophilia. We already know it because they've changed the name to minor attracted persons. So this is a man who dresses up as a prostitute, a female prostitute, female stripper, explaining why this is good for children. So we just got done with the Drag Your Kids to Pride event at Mr. Mr. in downtown Dallas. And I am here with... Noelle Sinclair. What do you say to the conservative parents that wouldn't bring their children to an event like this? Why? Here's the thing. I don't think that there is any kind of issue with exposing children to this. So do you think exposing children to drag will result in more um, kids doing drag eventually? I think so. Um, and, and I hope so, because like I like I said, it's the biggest confidence booster. Like, yes, it can be negative at times, but but I, I think that drag builds confidence. Do you think exposing kids to drag will make more peop more children go into drag eventually? I feel like yes, because I feel drag is such like an art form. There's so much dancing, there's hair, there's wigs, there's makeup. There's so many things that kids will like, will love to experience with. So I feel like a lot of kids will want to like dabble in everything that's going on in like drag. So listen to this, I'm thinking back to Kelly. Same pitch. Same result. You will have kids drawn into this. There are kids who will leave this event and they will go, wow, people clapped for me and all I had to do was shake my butt. And you'll have kids who live in a society that is piping pornography into their rooms and you have no one who's able to say to them, do you understand that your body is a representation of the Lord's? Do you understand that we are broken mirrored versions of God. Do you understand that when you are looking at those videos of people having sex, you are in direct rebellion to God. You are watching rebellion. You are being turned on by rebellion. It is living in your mind. Do you understand that you're being desensitized to being unable to experience the fullness of sexuality as designed by the guy who created it. It's like this. It's like if you had the opportunity to talk with a kid to say, hey, you know what? I know the guy who designed Minecraft. He's got a bunch of unlock codes. What? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, he can show you ways to use this game and all of it's legal. It's just, it's so hidden in the rules and hidden in the code. And he can show you how to speed up what you build and, 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 and how to care for the villagers more. He can show you all these skills. You want to meet him? Oh my gosh, yes. Or you got a kid who's fascinated with YouTube, God forbid. You want to be a YouTube creator? I know a guy who has produced some of the biggest YouTube channels for kids, DIY, etc. He says there's a formula. And you know what? I believe him. I believe he's got this formula. Or you got a kid who writes songs and they sing and they've got talent. You say to them, you know what? I know someone who has taken 100 kids and given them top 100 records, top, 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 you know, top 10 records, singles. He wants to hear your music. He says, if you make these five changes to your songs, then he will produce it and it will be a hit. You'd have the kids saying, oh my gosh, yes. Heck, you'd have me saying yes to the song thing back in the day. The Lord designed human relationships. He designed sexuality. He invented it. He has given us a book to say, this is how to live in the fullness of what it is to know God. This is how to enter the kingdom of heaven. This is how to never again need, never again hurt, never again feel jealousy. This is how to enter that kingdom, to walk with me, to know all the things. This is how you do it. That's the unlock code. And linked in the show notes are occasion after occasion after occasion where Lord Jesus relied upon the Old Testament. It's not gone. This stuff in Dallas, Texas is Sodom and Gomorrah. This stuff is going to be stricken, perhaps not this time with fire and brimstone, not right away. But God let Sodom and Gomorrah go on for quite a while. I so wish it wasn't this way. Oh, I'm not saying God got it wrong. He's God. He doesn't get it wrong. But I fumble to find a way to make this okay with what they're doing to kids. And it's in Dallas, Texas. And I'm telling you, it's coming to you. What finally got Kelly out of that business was a very godly act from a very godly man. And she told me about it. I've, I've tried to find the old radio tapes. This was 1996 or seven. And frankly, I did it to, to anger my program director who had commanded us to go to strip clubs. He did, he was a friend of mine. He wanted our radio station to be the young man station. He made me go into a strip club. There is a time and a place for all things financial right? Every season, turn, turn, turn. There is a time and a place. And right now we are started to head back up into a buyer's market, not buyer's market, but a buying season, house buying season. And when this stuff comes around, it is really, really important for, to make sure that we have the timing right. And if you're going to get into, and you're going to get into the buying season and you're going to be on the buy side, it is super important that you choose the right partner. And it's super important that you know why you're choosing that partner. So with the house buying season coming back, and in fact, it's in so full swing, there's a lot of home buyers are wondering, like, where's the housing market headed? 
Well, my friends at American Financing and AmericanFinancing.net say it's actually a great time to buy, especially when you work with them, okay, for, their, for your home loans. Because what they'll do at American Financing, understand this, they are a family-owned national mortgage bank. So what that means is they make decisions over the kitchen table. They don't need to call BlackRock, God forbid. <laughs> there's no BlackRock here. There's, there's, you know, there's none of the, the, the big banksters. It's a family-owned national mortgage bank, so they can make decisions based upon who you are. So right now, they can lock you into a competitive rate, like as in locked. They make decisions quickly. They can get things done quickly. How? Because they're open nights and weekends. So this can allow you up to 120 days to shop for your new home. Now, at that point, you don't have to worry about the rates getting kicked up because they took care of you in this way. And understand this as well. If you have unique income circumstances, say you're in commission sales or you're a small business owner, or say you're someone who does seasonal work, like you fish the waters of Alaska, so you have up seasons and down seasons, they're a family-owned national mortgage bank. What that means is they can look at your whole picture, unique income, everything, and they never charge upfront fees. It's American Financing at AmericanFinancing.net. To me, I just call them. 866-887-2275. That's 866-887-2275. 886-887-2275. So the way Kelly got out of this stuff, it was an act that she didn't expect from a godly man she didn't expect to meet in the setting she was in. You know what he did? He spoke the word of God. I'll tell you about that in a second. This is from the same club in Dallas, the Sodom Gomorrah weekend. Um, Some groomers decided to have the kids come up on the runway. First time Kelly went out to, quote, dance, that is, strut around on a stage in a bikini with men who were yelling for her to take it all off. And she didn't the first however many times, I don't recall, but I think she did that about 10 times, not taking things off. But then once she reached behind and started to take off the bikini top and didn't, you know, strip tease, they call it. She earned a bunch more money. It was intoxicating to her. And the first time she took her clothes off, she couldn't believe how much money she made. You know, her parents worked hard. And all of a sudden she had more money than they did. All of a sudden she had a nicer car than her mother. All of a sudden, all those nice clothes that guy gave her that day, she could go buy hundreds of pairs. And so when the guy came along and said, hey, 10 minutes of your time. And I'll pay you what you earn in a weekend. Stripping. And here's all I'm going to need you to do. And it's going to seem weird at first. But it's really just what you would do with a boyfriend. But we're just going to put it on film. So here are the men dressed as women performing these sexualized dances. They're going down a runway. Keep in mind that in the background, there is a pink neon sign with white writing that says it's not gonna lick itself. Okay, one person can go with me. Who wants to go first? You wanna go with me? All right, this is my partner in crime today. You ready to do this? Listen in the background. Listen in the background. One, walk for me. Two, walk for me. Three, let's go. Walk for me. 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 
Looser and looser as this goes on. Yeah. Next. Go. Older. I think this is a girl. You get the point. So, when Kelly started to take her clothes off and the money started to pour in, and as I recall, it was only like a month that this guy came into the club and he started tipping her. So then the opportunity came up to go have the, the what do they call that? A couch dance, private dance. And the intent in this is clear is to get as close to, you know, to, to, to having un, un, unmarital, ungodly sex as possible without breaking the rules. And Kelly'd never done that, but this guy was handing her hundred buck tips for dancing. And the girls were saying, look, if you don't go couch dance this guy, you're nuts. Right? You're talking about like a, a, a song. Go tell him it's a thousand bucks for a couch dance. I bet he'll pay it. Well, he did. Oh, he was so nice too. Really nice guy. Yeah, he broke up with his wife, just, you know, wasn't ready to date. Super nice, though. Smelled good. Nice car. And he's the guy who came and said, um, 10 minutes of your time. Every little kid in that bar is one step closer to being like Kelly. Every little kid in that bar will find it less strange when some sick old man says to them at the mall, mm, I like that. Every kid. And incidentally, what are they going to do? Go to their mom? Hey, mom, I'm, I'm really freaked out. This teacher at school said I have a nice butt. Well, why, why would that freak you out? You dance in front of men. Why, what's, what's wrong with that? You're not homophobic, are you? Discernment. God invented fear. He invented disgust. He gave it to us as a gift. There's a reason this stuff disgusts us. When my program director, Rick, made me go to a strip club, and it was, I said, are you literally telling me on condition of getting fired, I have to go to this. Yes. And he was a friend of mine. And I said, I hate this. I am so angry at you. I'll go, but I won't look at the stage. Because you don't have to look at the stage. You just have to go. And so I went to the strip club. Walked in, turned my back to the stage, and sat at the table. And one of the girls came over and said, hey, hi, what can I get you? I said, water, please. Just water? Yeah, just water. Never because you're not even going to have a soda. Nope. You won't give them any money, will you? Nope. 
I didn't know the Lord, but I knew right from wrong. So did these kids. So did these kids. We were at the skating rink once. And we were walking out on uh, my daughter and her friend, Alexis. And crazy thing about girls on speed skates is they look a lot taller. And of course, they're wearing their racing singlets and hadn't yet put their tops on. We're going out to the car. We're going to go play um, laser tag. We're walking by. There's a couple of 18-year-old guys and some younger guys, and they're together. And as we walk by, this guy says, this, this, this 18-year-old kid says, oh, I'd hit that. And my daughter and Alexis turned and looked at him and they were so freaked out. I said, hey, just go to the car. I'll be right there. And Alexis got this grin on her face. And my daughter said, dad. I said, no, I'll be right there. So Alexis is grinning. My dad, my, my, my daughter's embarrassed. And I turned to him. I said, do you know how old they are? He goes, I didn't ask you. I said, no, I, we're not going to do that. I asked you, do you know how old they are? He goes, all I was saying, I said, no, no, no. One more time, do you know how old they are? And he goes, what are you going to do, old man? I said, I'm going to continue to ask you the question until you answer it, or I will drag you outside and you'll answer it out there. Do you know how old they are? And one of his friends stepped, he goes, hey, 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 hey. That was wrong what you said. Those are little girls. That was wrong what you said. And by then the owner was out there and he said, get out, get out to them. Get out. I don't want you in here. That one boy, the aggressive boy, well, he was flipping me off from the car that drove away. The other boy came up to me and said, sir, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that was wrong what he said. I said, why was it wrong? He goes, I don't know, it just made me feel sick. It just made me feel sick. I think that kid was in touch with the Holy Spirit and we'd better be. We'd better start teaching our kids from the very beginning that God gave them a body. And it's not about guilt. It's not about hatred. It's not about any of that. It's about understanding you are a broken, mirrored image of the Lord. Hey, tomorrow on this podcast, um, I am scheduled to speak with a woman named Reggie Littlejohn. This World Health Organization um, agreement is not going away. They intend to shove this down our throats. The Democrats have retooled, so has the party. You're not going to hear Mitch McConnell talk about this. You're not going to hear Kevin McCarthy talk about this. She's scheduled to be with us tomorrow. I am asking you to make a special effort to share tomorrow's program with friends. This is far worse than any of the medically useless, deadly, politically motivated lockdowns. What this will allow the World Health Organization to do is seize control of our country when they determine that there's a pandemic. What would determine that there's a pandemic? I'm going to tell you, and I'll have Reggie Littlejohn explain this. She's been uh, operating against Chinese Communist Party for about a decade. She's a Yale-trained, Yale law grad, super smart lady. She's been getting women out of China lest they be forced to have forced abortions. She is a brave woman. I'll have her explain how one series of social media posts could give the World Health Organization reason to declare a pandemic. That's tomorrow on the Talking Show.
I'll give you a moment uh, in a bit where one of these men is confronted after this event. When I went to that strip club and I was forced to do it and I kept my back turned to the stage, uh, a woman who my friend Rick, program director, wanted to be the official stripper of the station. I told him, I'm not having a stripper on my show. I had Sabrina on once to talk to her about that. How do you do that to your kids? How do you, how do you have your kids know that you take your clothes off for money? And she said, I can't believe you're judging me this way. I, I'm, I'm feeding my children. I said, yeah, but Sabrina, that's not the way you talk. Well, pardon me? You don't talk like this. You're doing this. You, that's not, I know you. I've met you outside the club environment. That's not the way you speak. Can you please just speak like Sabrina? And I, I don't even know if your name is Sabrina. Actually, I, it occurs to me, I don't really know you. She said, well, I hope that you'll stop judging. I said, no, 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 Sabrina. It's not about judgment. It's about questions. How can you do this to your children? Today, I would treat this in a completely separate way. I utterly failed her. See, people flee when they know they've been caught. There's this fantasy these men get to pull off when they get to do these sexual dances for kids. A whole bunch of them are what are called autogonophiliacs. That means that they are men who are sexually aroused by, by conning people into believing they're women. They tend to be very, very violent people. I'm not saying that these particular groomers are violent. I'm saying that autogonophiliacs are, by large part, very violent people, very sick people. So in this case, one of the men who dresses like women, Andy Nell says that, that this man is a transvestite, meaning he's had the surgery and the hormones. I don't know. He is driving out. He's, he's trying to get away from the club with his apparent boyfriend because at one point you're going to hear them say, and I'm sorry, it's important for context that the F word's in here. It's not loud. But this, that you're going to hear them say, oh, well, I sleep with this person and he's not a child. But this is how evil is when evil is confronted. It flees the light because in the club, it's dark. In the club, there's the illusion of the wig. In the club, there's all of that. Outside, the wig is off. This is a dude with another dude getting into, yep, a really nice car. Uh, and one person can go with Whoops, me. sorry, clip. This clip. For little children? Do you like dancing for little children? You don't think that's disgusting? Dancing around for little children? Don't you think that's disgusting? I need you to hey, get the fuck away. Hey, well, you can't just touch me. You don't think that's disgusting? You don't think that's disgusting? Go on. You don't think that's disgusting? Dancing for little children. You should be you, you should be ashamed of yourself dancing for little children. You should be ashamed of yourself. I fuck him. Is he a child? No. You guys, you guys dance for little children. You should be ashamed of yourselves. You're disgusting. Think about what you just did. Okay, that's fine, but you dance naked in front of little children. You stop. did, you did. Stop. You did. Stop. You did. Stop. Look at you. Stop. You dance in front of little stop. children. Stop. You dance in front of little children. Stop. Stop. So, sorry for the curse words. That's how they respond. It's so deeply important to them that they never face reality or be seen in reality. The light can overcome the darkness. The light has overcome the darkness. So we stand in a position of victory, but only 
if we put on the armor of light. Only if our kids have a biblical worldview, only if they understand, yes, there is one God. Yes, he spoke through his word and the prophets. Yes, he sent his son to pursue us because he loves us and he wants us back in the family. Yes, the words in the Bible are true. Yes, on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people risked their lives to be baptized in Christ Jesus while the Romans and the religious bureaucrats of the day, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, watched. They're the people who killed Christ. They were witnessing people enter the church. The Apostle Peter said to the group of people, and this past weekend was, was Pentecost weekend, he said to them, you know you crucified this Jesus. You know he rose from the dead. You know he performed miracles. Why was he saying that? Because with 3,000 people about to enter the body of Christ, they had either seen these things themselves or they knew people who had. That's why he said, you know this happened. This has been stolen from your family. If you do not spend time in the Bible, in God's words with other Christians, Satan can disarm you like he disarmed me. I couldn't help Sabrina. I could only judge. And try not to sound like I was judging. Kelly was in the club early. She went in early because this guy had, become, had started stalking her. So she had her boyfriend drop her off early. So her car wasn't around. Security wouldn't let the guy in the club anymore. But he would hang outside. So she would get in early and she would leave late. So this guy couldn't figure out where she lived. But he did. He did figure out where she lived. See, she was not dressed as a stripper that day. She was dressed as a 24-year-old girl. She was simply going to go out with friends. And she walked out the door of her apartment. And that guy was there. Took his pants down around his ankles. And showed her what was so important for her to see. He knew her stage name. He knew her friend's stage names. There she was in her college sweatshirt. Because she had intended to go to college. She ran back inside of her security building and called the police. And they came. And they took a report. And she was shaken and she was crying and she was scared to death. And an officer, after he took the report, said to Kelly, hey, would you mind if I prayed with you? And she told me this story of looking at this guy and, and there was no judgment. He said, I just want to offer a prayer of protection. Would you let me do that? 
she had anticipated that the prayer protection would be that that man never came back or that the police would arrest him, this guy being a cop. But no, the, the prayer protection was that Kelly would begin to understand the protection already offered her. The protection of walking in the light, not in the darkness. The protection of a savior who loves so deeply that he died for her. And that she would search her heart and herself pray to be brought out of the darkness. And Kelly told me that all she could think of was the darkness of the club. And she sat in that room and the sunlight came in, bright California day, the light. And it was the beginning of her path back. Not all people who are same-sex attracted view this month as something to celebrate. A friend of mine sent me an Instagram post, or part of it, from a young man who calls himself Christian Walker. Now, Christian Walk One took a picture of himself with this middle finger up in front of the pride flag. And he, he wrote partly this, Pride Month does not represent me and plenty of other people. Celebrating who you're attracted to does not make sense. Forcing other people to celebrate who you are or who you're attracted to doesn't make sense. It's not an accomplishment or an award. Furthermore, stop expecting people to respect you if you shut down traffic, walk around the streets barely clothed. That is turned into something way beyond the traction and I'm over it. There's more to say. There's going to be a revival. See, God doesn't just destroy. He's going to scoop people out of these communities of perversion and they're headed someplace. He's going to use them. There is in his word, a hint of what is to come. Not even a hint, it's a description of what is to come. And there are gifted musicians who are beginning to celebrate this in ways that are so beautiful and so based just upon his word. The word of God is a beautiful thing when we hear it. I am so thrilled that there is a song called This is the Kingdom by Elevation Worship. I'd never heard it. I just heard it this, I just heard it this weekend. And this is a version featuring someone named Pat Barrett. What I love about the song is, yeah, it's hypnotic. It's repetitive. Um, the singing is beautiful. The instrumentation builds. I love this as sort of a U2 type build. They have what we would call in the old Beatles days, a middle eight, which was actually the middle 16, little change in the song. I love how it ends. We won't get all the way through that. That would break the rules, but that's a little mini music review for a song that gives me great, great hope. It's a live version of This is the Kingdom featuring Pat Barrett. Oh, in spirit, this is the kingdom. 
Recognize that as portion of the Beatitudes. Ask and he will. I hope that you will ask the Lord, our God, to give you a hunger for his word. To give you a love in reading it. To give you joy in sharing it, particularly with the young people. And to give us all courage to speak it into life on a daily basis. The light has overcome the darkness. If we will walk, if we'll walk in the light, we'll no longer be in the darkness. This is the only way. Because Dallas is coming to you. It's coming to Boise. It's coming to Bozeman. It's coming to Iowa City. It's coming to you if it's not already there. It will stay hidden as long as it's pleasured by that. The devil is either freaking out because he thinks he's going to lose or he's again conned himself into thinking he's winning. But I pray that you will recognize that this is not just a ballot box issue. The ballot box issue is very important, but it is way down the list because they are coming for our children just as they did in the time of the pagan gods. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and let's be about being in the light, the light of Christ.